awesome. What's up, YouTube? Today I have an amazing guest, Brian from Sunday League Investors. I'm pretty sure most of you guys already know him. He's one of the most popular channels uh, in the soccer hobby, <laughs> in the soccer card market. And it's a pleasure to have you um, with us uh, for this uh, podcast interview, whatever people want to call it. I believe most of my viewers already are aware of you, but I will still pass you the word. Uh, say something for uh, someone that may <laughs> not know you, which I tend to doubt quite a lot. No, hey, Andre, thank you. Thank you for gassing me up, making me feel special. <laughs> I appreciate no, that, man. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think we do have a lot of overlapping viewers. Uh, every time when I talk about pre-modern, I always kind of reference what you're talking about. And whenever they're talking about pre-modern, it's always like soccer study, soccer study. You know, I'm like, hey, I, I know it. I know that's your that's your uh, expertise. Uh, but basically, a little bit about me, if you don't know, because um, there's definitely people that don't know <laughs> what we do. Um, yeah, we have a Instagram channel, um, YouTube channel, all these platforms, um, and essentially we just vlog, like go about what we do in the hobby. So I go to a lot of card shows. So I talk a lot about you know what's going on at card shows. What do I sell? What do I buy? Um, and Really, what's the most important thing to me is just talking about the stories within the hobby. Um, that's probably my favorite thing about uh, doing anything with the hobby is like, you know, um, I know you're really close to James Cards FC. I remember when I was there, he got a gold vinyl of Neymar PSA 10. And yeah. like that's and the story of how he got that. That was like the most important thing um, to me. That's what I get excited about. Um, but yeah, been collecting for a few years. Not like that that very long. I'm still very novice. Uh, I do. I try to do as much research as I can. But every day, man, it just seems like I'm learning every single day. Uh, and yeah, that's why we're called Sunday League because we're not we're not professionals <laughs> by no, any means. But I think the content is great, honestly. The the production, uh, I love the, the vlogs that you guys do at shows. Since I, I live in Europe, so I cannot right. uh, I cannot go to shows, sadly. I, I, again, I can, but it will be super expensive. Exactly. But I, but I still have some enjoyment just watching what you are doing. And, and I honestly think that's, that's great. Appreciate and this, it. And this amazing content. So, Brian, the way that this will work is actually quite simple. I have five questions. Um, I will I will shoot all the five. You you give me quick answers, and then we'll go back to them. So, can I start with this? Let me push the, yes, the sir. questions. Let's do it. I'm a little nervous, but let's go. No, those are quite easy. So, you are uh, question number one. You are a middleman for both companies, PSA and SGC. One word to define your experience with both. One word for PSA, one word for SEC. Then again, we'll go back and talk more about uh, uh, your middleman service that I I don't use it to, to be honest, but I know people that use hey, what's it. What's up with that, Andre? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, uh, but I know people that use your middleman service and right. uh, I think it's, it's a great service. But one word for uh, um, PSA, one word for SEC, based on your experience with them uh, until now, basically. Uh, PSA, I would say rewarding. Rewarding is a word. And SGC is affordable. I think okay. those two words are probably what I, I come to my mind. Okay. Question number two. This is a complicated one, but let, let's try to make it easy, uh, to, make, to make this question a little bit easier. If you have to, to split the amount of collectors versus investors in the OV in terms of percentage, in a percentage way, would you say that it's 50-50, uh, 20, 80, uh, or, or, or maybe there is collector and investor at, at the same time? Maybe there is three different uh, uh, type of collectors slash investors. If this is a complex question. I'm not even sure why I end up putting this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I might get blasted, but 70, I think 70% are investors and 30% are probably the hardcore collectors. I might be overestimating, but I think that's how it feels for me no and uh again not that my opinion matters right now but i, I agree with you i believe there is way more uh, investors than than collectors but we'll go back into that later question number three and this is a, a a fun one for you what are the four players that you are seeing more demands uh, more demand at, at, at the floor uh, since you go to to a lot of shows in america what are the four players? Again, don't need to be super precise. Yeah. Your first idea, four players that come to your mind that you get a lot of requests. Yeah, right now, it's probably Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, 
Pulisic. I think okay. that might be it, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that seems about right. I was not sure about Talent, Pulisic, but I guess Pulisic have a lot of demand. Question number four. You are a content, a content creator, a big one on this space. Uh, what type of, con of what type of content you like to watch and what type of almost niche content do you feel that is missing on the soccer card market that if someone creates a YouTube channel right now, they will do very well if they attack that front. Again, you know me, I talk a lot about pre-modern and at the time I thought that was a lack about, uh, not a lot of people talking about pre-modern and I end up finding that niche for me almost. But what type of content you like to watch again i'm sorry for, for repeating myself and what other content do, do you believe uh, um, could be an opportunity if you create a, a new youtube channel i think number one why i like to watch is storytelling anything that can, can is around storytelling is what i love and number two i think there's a big big need um for more just volume of content creators in general. Like, I don't care what they talk about, just more. That's, yeah. I think that's the key. No, for sure. Uh, question number, number, number five, and this is the last one. Um, PSA defines soccer as an emergent market. Since you go to a lot of shows, there is other emergent, emergent markets like F1, Marvel, etc. What are the market, let's forget NBA, baseball, because those are more, uh, the, they are basically the, the big ones. But what, what is the other emergent market that you believe is competing a lot uh, with soccer for a certain part, uh, for a for, for certain niche of the market almost, since we are so, so small, if you compare with basketball, for example? F, F1, that's... F1, yeah. yeah. But let's say another one, because F1 actually makes a lot of sense. T tell me another okay. one. Um, musical cards is something that, musical cards, we'll talk more about that. I think music cards also, like prints and all that stuff. Okay, Brian, that, that was great. Um, you basically end up answering the questions I have. Now let's go back to, to, to the first and have a more <laughs> long yeah. conversation about this type of stuff. So like I was saying, uh, if you guys are not aware, Brian have a middleman service. I believe you are accepting both PSA and, uh, and the SGC um, requests in this case. And you end up uh, defining uh, SGC like affordable. Um, Tell me your, your experience with SEC. I'm a big fan, actually, but I would love to know, uh, uh, again, uh, our, our, I believe you started with PSA uh, and then you end up adding SEC, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, about, are you getting more PSA? Are you getting more SEC uh, subs? Uh, tell me your experience, basically. Yeah, so I think... SGC has been a blessing for people that don't want to pay as much for PSA, but also gets the accurate grade. I think when you get accurate grades, people are happy about it. I love when people have the argument of like, oh, they give more tens. And that's not really why people go for companies, I think. I think it's more like if you could give an accurate grade, like, hey, this is not supposed to be a 10, so it's not supposed to be a 10, but this is a 10 is supposed to be a 10. Whereas there's other grading companies, um, I'm not going to name any of them, that will just give tens to give a better rap, right? P make people feel better. Um, so that's why I really love SGC. And they also have really good customer service. Um, that's another thing that is so different compared to every single other grading company out there. Uh, but I also do love PSA. I think PSA is gonna be number one for a very, very long time. However, it's just that, you know, when you're talking about $50 a card, which is their cheapest version, and you really still don't know exactly when they're gonna come back. So Approximately, we're getting like a month for economy, but still $50 a card. When you're doing 10 cards, that's already $500. Whereas you do 20, 25 cards um, or yeah, you do uh, 10 cards for SGC, it's like half the price. It's half and, the price, yeah. And the market is starting to recognize it. If you're like an investor of some sort, um, you'll start seeing that the prices are really not bad, especially when you look at SGC versus BGS, right? It's a what very eye-opening. It's an eye-opening... Um, experience that you start looking like wow bgs 9.5 is almost an sgc 10 or sgc 10 is almost a bgs 9.5 that that used to not be the conversation right so yeah. uh, that's that's something i've been noticing and yeah i think the quick turnarounds are are exciting um and just being able to have something that's affordable um makes it fun for the hobby right 
No, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think like uh, that uh, PSA, I agree with you, most likely will be the number one, uh, again, uh, for a long time at least is, is right now seems like that. I think again, with new technology, who knows uh, what's yeah, going to happen with, with grading. But I think SEC is a great option. And I think they are actually making a very good job with soccer since uh, people love to grade vintage with, with them. And they are grading things that PSA are not grading. Apart from that, there is, there is the questions about the charges that a lot of people feel is unfair with, with PSA. Because like you said, okay, you may wait one month, but apart from that, maybe there is an extra bill that you, you need to, to pay. And uh, I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm not a big fan of upcharges. Uh, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are legal, but they are not moral, okay? Because in the end, they have the, the same, the, the product tends to be the same. And if they tell me they are spending more time grading one card than, than the other, that makes me question the, the, the company, exactly. not even the upcharge. So again, in, interesting uh, stuff. Um, but in terms of uh, volume, in terms of orders, are you, are you getting more people requesting SEC submissions or, or PSA? Uh, if you have so, to guess, basically. Yeah. So it's tough because I don't necessarily get discounts on PSA, I feel like I'd probably be able to get you better numbers. Uh, so the way we do is we upcharge um, whatever the price is. So it's $100, you know, we'll do $110 that covers insurance, shipping, all that stuff, um, which ends up being cheaper anyways. Uh, just when you look at competitors, it's not exactly the same price. So that kind of skews my numbers. So right now, SGC is better because I think we have better prices, um, but we still get a decent amount of PSA from people that are international. So you don't want to deal with custom taxes, fees. Uh, you know, I know how how tough those things are to deal with. So we deal yeah. with that. So that's kind of like what we've seen right now in terms of volume. But I think if I had like an actual discount, I feel like PSA probably would still be better. <laughs> like no, that's my gut feeling, right? Yeah. So. I, and and it's actually quite interesting to see how SEC is doing right now if you compare with Beckett. Because like you said, PSA is the clear number one. I yep. think no one will, will question that uh, at the, at this point. But PGS is actually not performing that well right now in the market. And uh, I have a, I have a lot of I would say grail cards for me on BGS Labs, and I, I question myself if I should not send them to SEC or, or PSA at this point. Hundred percent. Um, because the reality is people are not trusting on, on, on Beckett, which makes me a little bit sad, I have to be honest, because I think it's important to have Beckett in the game. They are a historic brand when it comes to, to the grading space. And um, again, especially with soccer, with the Ronald situation, they end up getting a really yeah. bad name. And if you follow the, what is the name of the page? I believe Gem, Gem Mint, Gem right? Yeah, I believe it's that. Gem Mint, yeah. SEC is almost doubling the numbers per day versus packet. That, that's crazy even to, to think about. So yeah, um, again, uh, like I was saying, not that I, I end up combining this with, with Brian, but uh, I think if you guys are trying to, to, to make a sub, uh, Brian could be a, an amazing option if you are looking for a, a middleman with SEC or, or PSA. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, let's move on to the question number two, Brian. Um, this was the, the most difficult one if you have to split the amount of investors right, versus, right. versus collectors. Um, I believe you said 70% investors, right? Um, and 30% collectors. Uh, for sure, there is people, there is both. But uh, sh share with me why you believe that's the case, since you actually have a lot of experience going to shows. And I believe most of us can learn from you uh, what you are seeing right now. Hey guys, I hope you are enjoying this conversation with Brian. I thought it was a great podcast, a lot of great insights on this one. And if in the end you end up agreeing with me this, that this was a great one, don't forget to leave a like, means a lot and super easy to do it. So smash the like button, subscribe, all the good stuff. Apart from that, there is two links on the description, uh, a link to my Patreon community and a link to my Discord. Let's start with Patreon. As you guys can see, I'm on my Patreon right now. You guys can see that it's people reacting to the last Q&A I did uh, there. And at this point, I'm doing a lot of content 
on Patreon. I put a video on Wednesday and I put an audio where I talk about the state of the market on uh, Saturday. On Wednesday is more like a Q&A. So if you have questions, I will answer them on the Patreon community every Wednesday. Uh, if you joined right now, I believe you have, uh, again, more than uh, 36 Q&As, more than uh, 30 extra audios and uh, again a lot of content so uh, if you like my content on youtube you probably like my content uh, probably even more on the patreon size you need to pay uh, ten dollars if that's a lot of money to you don't feel any type of pressure to join since you should always expect free content on youtube but one thing that is totally free is actually joining my uh, discord uh, community since uh, again uh, on the on the discord community is totally free i leave the link on the description i will leave both links on the on the description and uh, this is an amazing place to learn about the soccer card market as you can see people sharing their collection things end up buying uh, again if you want to learn about pre the pre-modern market or even the vintage or ultra modern i think my discord is an amazing place to be we are more than 500 members already in five months so i think that's quite impressive so check both links and let's continue with the conversation so like i said it's more on a gut feeling and i guess it like i said everything's kind of skewed of like the content that we put out like the content we're starting to put out mostly now is just almost like collector's stuff, right? Stuff that I think are cool. Um, like I said, storytelling is not where we used to be. We tried to like kind of cater it for people that are getting into the hobby saying, hey, these are the players you should be buying, stuff like that, yada, yada, yada. Um, so what I'm starting to see now is people like me, when I first got in the hobby, I wanted to just make straight money, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's what was enticing. Let's just be real. There's a lot of people that got into it um, and some of them made money and left and some of them made money and still here, you know? And I'm the person that made some money and I'm still here. Uh, and then you start having appreciation of like, you know, collecting what what is a collector's mindset and over time i'm starting to see that with other investors that came in the same time as me um, understanding that as well so that's why i was like uh you know maybe it's 70 30 or maybe even 60 40 because a lot of times um for me especially when i'm doing full time i have to move cards quick i can't just hold on to cards uh typically anymore but what i do see is a lot of investors that came in the hobby at the same time as me is funding using their investments to fund a pc card right a grail card um and i think there could be a good like crossover of being a little investory and and collectory right um i think when i first got into hobby there was a huge like disparity of like oh you should be a collector oh you're a flipper you know but where now it's like it's getting to a point where we're colliding right you have to move cards to get the cards sure. that you want so i think over time it should it, it i don't think it's a bad thing to have a 70 30 but i believe that it more there are going to be more collectors in the future because it, it's actually pretty cool man you know what i mean like getting an auto um one of one parallel i mean that, that's pretty damn sick uh instead of like saying oh that's a twenty thousand dollar thirty thousand dollar card no i agree with you um again if i had to put a number i would probably agree with you 70 percent uh, this is a little bit tricky because there is a lot of people that that there is both so i may say yeah. 50% investors, 30% uh, uh, both, and 20% collectors, something around those, yeah, that, those lines. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, yeah. Um, but the, uh, the thing, uh, look, um, I, I believe that this is actually normal for us to, to have more investors, flippers, traders, course, whatever people yeah. want to call it, than actually collectors. We are such a new market that we are still building that uh, fun base, the, 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 the true collectors. Um, yep. I actually come from a background on Magic the Gathering and, and Pokemon, more okay. even on, on Magic the Gathering. And the, it's crazy to see the difference. There is a lot of collectors on Magic the Gathering. There is a right. Pokemon is actually even crazier. And when you yeah, look I've at heard. Yeah. Yeah, when you look at soccer, there is still a lack of that. And I think most people are aware. I think we need more collectors for, for sure. Uh, an example that I tend to give is, um, I believe Charizard base set first edition, the PSA 10 pop total. And again, don't quote me on these numbers, but I believe is one, 121. Okay. Um, and in the last three months, or three or four months, only two end up eating the market. Messi mm. PSA 10, uh, the seven on bees have at the pop total is 20. Look at the difference. He's 100, exactly. 100 less copies and two end up eating the market also. So you can see right. how, so how switching. Yep. 
you know what I'm there is a lot of new yeah. money versus old money but look imagine if Messi was 100 pop PSA 10 you probably saw what 50 on the market or something crazy like that yep. Pro probably yep. not 50 but a lot of them in the market and um, when you look at markets like Pokemon and for sure since I'm not American I don't understand very well the, the baseball market the NBA market but I believe that they have way more collectors than us but that's normal since uh, we are such a new market that we are still building that um, that core almost. Um, yeah, it's a good point. I, I, I hate to jump in, but like, I really want to just point this out. I think, um, like you said, we're still in an emerging market where like for a lot of these guys that are holding these really rare cards, the PSA 10, 71 biz, you look at two years ago, that was like a $20,000 card. And now yeah. you're saying it's $300,000, that, that's too big of disparity. And until you start, start switching more hands where it's a little bit more mature, then you won't see them as much in the market like you're saying with the Charizards. One thing that I would say, Brian, and, and it's not me trying to be negative about the market, but I think it's fair to point this out. The, for example, when you look at, uh, let's go with Pokemon again. Yeah. Those guys are holding those cards because they have nostalgia, because they played with them when they are a kid, etc. With soccer, it gets a little bit more tricky because unless you end up living in Spain, having nostalgia for the Messi 7 on Bs, again... Uh, I understand you, you can collect history instead of nostalgia because that card is a historic card. But uh, even in, in American sports, uh, I believe the nostalgia effect is way stronger than, than uh, it is in soccer. That's why this, this goes actually to almost a different conversation. That's why I believe Europeans will be super important for the market because they may have that. Uh, oh, you uh, believe so? Okay. That's a very interesting take. Okay. Yeah, this is where yeah. um, it's good. Like, let's have a combo about that. Yeah. So. You know, I I actually believe that the Asian market is actually the one that we should be looking into. I agree that more than, the, more than the Europeans, if you really. Right, it, right, right. I'm sorry. I totally yeah. agree with you. I think the Asian market and your, I put both together. I think those two are, are crucial markets, but right, you right. are correct. In, in, uh, at least I believe you are trying to, to go into that point that the Asian market is more educated almost about uh, collecting rights since uh, uh, TCG, stuff like that. And even if you look at basketball, I know there is super high yeah, collectors. So you have a point for sure, but I think for soccer, Europe could be also big, big part of um, big part of the market, basically. But 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 yeah, tell it, me more about Asia because I'm actually quite curious. I believe you have more information than, than me on that front. Um, yeah. So like, just one second. Uh, someone's like trying to call me, but um, yeah, I think in Asia. So the conversation used to be, um, Europe needs to get into footy, footy cards, right? Like that's always been the conversation when I first got into the hobby. But the more and more I look into it is like, well, it's a cultural thing as well. You know, stickers, right, is culturally okay in Europe. Like it culturally, I think for cards, it's gonna take a little bit longer than we think it's gonna really take for people to accept, hey, we're gonna drop 500K on a card. Um, that's number one. Number two is I think the Asian market has already shown that they are into cards. And they're willing to spend a lot and collect just because they want to flex. And I guess maybe I am also Asian. I see a lot of like the similarities, right? People buy things just to flex on people. And there's no difference what they're doing in Asia. And I see the companies more in tune to push onto the Asian market instead of the European market. Um, and that's what kind of made me switch. Like, okay, the Asian market is probably the one that's going to be the next big, big thing. Um, European market, it's gonna be there, but I just don't know if we truly, truly need it, if that makes sense, um, which is like kind of hard. It's a really difficult conversation to have, right? It's like, it's complex. It's more complex than I I, I could really talk about, but that's kind of like my gut feeling as well, right? No, I mean, those are, we are talking about very complex things and we are just predicting who knows. Of yeah, course. I'm just a regular guy that just go to card shows. No, <laughs> you know? so. no, no, but 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 you you make good points on, on there. Since uh, what you said is actually quite smart that uh, in terms of big money, at least is is easier to imagine the, the Asian market doing that since we already can see that on basketball, uh, baseball, etc. Since a lot of high-end cards, especially basketball, I believe are in spe specific, I believe in China. So yeah, you have a strong point on that. But but look, uh, one thing that, that I can share with you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Again, I want to hear it. Yeah. This You've is been just, collecting much longer, so I want to hear it. Yeah. 
but but this is just anecdotal data that, that I have. But yeah. uh, in Portugal, if I compare uh, two years ago um, versus now, is like night and day. Look, I'm not saying Portugal will be the next big thing on the market, right. of course. But a lot of my friends are aware of this already. Not because I told. Uh, there is actually news when a Cristiano Ronaldo sticker sells for uh, 100k. Uh, there is a right. lot of people already shot uh, shouting about this, and. Um, Things take time, of course. I mean, uh, I know th this is a slow process, but even in Spain, I also have a couple of friends in Spain. They are telling me exactly the same, that uh, there is a lot of people talking about Messi cards um, being very, uh, holding a lot of value, etc. So again, you are probably correct that the Asian market will be, uh, is already, to be fair, is already. I mean, there is a lot of high-end yeah, yeah, yeah. high Messi's in, in China. Yeah. I'm saying China, but uh, since China is- but in, Asia Kong, in general you know taiwan and apart from that is also the, the culture i mean uh, japan for example they they have a super super strong culture when it comes to collecting cards especially this is of course but it's easy to imagine uh, a crossover be, between uh, uh, sports decisions etc but uh, again uh, just to finish my thoughts look pokemon in, in europe is giant at this point so and um, two years ago not that big so uh, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to compare with America because I think America is levels ahead no, right, no right. matter the, the content we are trying to, to compare. But I think that I at least think there is a lot of good signs to be uh, very uh, bullish almost on the soccer card market because, Brian, this is what the soccer card market have different than any other market is the potential, okay? 100%. Um, Again, uh, in Portugal, very difficult to imagine anyone collecting baseball cards. Uh, in Europe, very difficult to, to imagine anyone collecting baseball cards. But we can yeah. see, and again, uh, not the market that, that, that I invest, but F1 also have that potential because F1 is also quite popular in Europe, not as, as soccer, of course. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting this the, um, to imagine the future, knowing that it's so difficult to predict. But uh, I'm very bullish on the market. There is no no news to twenty one. I believe you also believe a lot in the market, and um, I agree with you with Asia. But I also believe you should have hope for for Europe. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. Like, don't take me wrong. I don't, but I also think that the dependency on it was like I think it's a little overblown. If that makes sense. Like I think it's more like extra, which is like very controversial in a point. But I also think that, like you said, no one's really collecting baseball cards, basketball cards, right? And that's kind of like where the parallels and all that collecting stuff came from. So um, it's going to be even harder to even penetrate somebody that, because I also know people that own shops in UK and that's another, it's a big shift when it comes to like buying stickers and cards, right? But but UK is almost outlier. I feel UK is is a little bit, is levels ahead of Europe, if that makes sense, because- Okay, you talk about all Europe, I see. All, yeah. all Europe, yeah. Um, but yeah, great, uh, great points that, that, that you made. And uh, let's move on to, to the next one. Um, the question number three was, what are the four players you see more demands at shows? You, you told me Messi, Ronaldo, Pulisic, and Mbappé. Um, I'm not surprised by, by, by the answer, but uh, again, try, try to put in yeah. order and share some thoughts on those players. Yeah, so I love, um, this might be really good for your audience, just because they're probably starting to go to shows, you know, and they're all into pre-modern. Um, but the reality is I actually have a lot of pre-modern in me when I first started going to the shows, being a vendor, and I'm still learning. Like I said, every day, every show, is, I'm always, it's always so different. And one thing I've noticed in card shows is that a lot of these guys that come to card shows are not really well-versed into footy or soccer, right? Mm -hmm. They're like trying to get into it. Um, so the mindset of someone trying to get into soccer is much different than someone's really collecting. Someone that's really collecting is looking for a specific player. Like if you're looking like for like um, a Penny Maycrex of Figa, right? Of Stars of the World, of Ronaldo R9, like yeah. that's a very specific collector and it's not as popular at card shows, right? Card shows, people are looking to transact, finding cards that are easily, um, uh, the sales data, right? The value is easily readable. Uh, things that are liquid, right? I think that's a very um, popular word that we use. Yeah. and. That's why I, you know, for me, I had to change my whole entire strategy when it comes to shows. So I hold a lot of stuff that are like very liquid. People love prospecting. Um, people love Mbappe. Um, I said Pulisic right now, just because it's been hot. People kind of forgot a little bit about Holland, which is good and bad. 
Um, but Messi, Ronaldo, always are there. Um, and those are the people that collectors are okay with putting money into, if that makes sense. Like they don't no, feel, they sure. don't feel as, they don't feel as, uh, scared because they know they could probably trade it within the show. Um, and that's kind of like the mindset in the card show. Uh, whereas sometimes, you know, I love going to Dallas because there's a lot of hardcore soccer card collectors out there. So you'll find some pre-modern stuff. You'll find some vintage stuff. Now that's the stuff I love. But that's not that's not necessarily a great business plan to use when you're going to shows all around the United States. If that makes sense. No, no, that that makes. Uh, Brian, can can you still hear me? Yes, because I'm getting a call, so that that's I'm actually recording with my phone, so that that's why I'm asking. It's okay. But I, I, I believe you are correct on that. I mean, I, I don't go to shows, but I also feel those four players they they have a lot of demand. Patrick, um, sorry. You know what? Let me let me put, switch it. Pedri, Pedri for Pulisic right now, but Pedri just got hurt. But yeah, Pedri has been super liquid, right? No, like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, sorry. Um, but the, the thing that I actually think is actually um, very interesting is certain certain players they have different markets. If, if that makes sense, yeah. uh, they, they are. Yeah. And Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, I believe, are are the two guys that that everyone tries to to want. Uh, one card or two for, for those uh, for those two players and i would put mbappe also probably on that i think yeah. mbappe is one of the faces of, of the hobby but um, you end up not uh, um, sharing any vintage vintage player like uh, pele or maradona or cruyff they, they are uh, do you think they are still niche or is the lack of product uh, at shows because uh, again not uh, not trying to um, to change your perspective, but at least the, the four players that I see having very strong markets is Maradona, Pelé, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. I'm not saying they have the, the more demand, so I'm almost contradicting my, myself a little bit. But um, do, do you think vintage does well at shows? And if not, uh, it's because of the lack of supply. I'm just guessing, basically. They, they do well. I don't want to make it wrong, but it only does well if there are actually people looking for it. So you know, what makes a show is like this common phrase of one deal um, could make your whole entire weekend, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like similar with soccer uh, card, like vendors, that one customer that wants soccer will make your whole entire weekend, right? And it's good and bad because like people that do soccer are very, um, they love it, they're really excited about it. Uh, and for vintage, if you have that one or two people that are excited about it, you'll do very, very well. But the problem is you, you have to wait for that one or two people to come to the show, which is very oh, for sure. dangerous. But I do think it's great. Uh, Pele's uh, Maradona are still very, very liquid. Um, but I think it's more of lack of product, right? Because you don't really see um, people, well, at least Maradona isn't as liquid as much. It's kind of sad to say. Uh, but, you know, I think Pele is still very, very liquid right now. It's just when, you come, when you're talking about the top four, uh, it's hard to compete. Like, I think you would probably do better with those four instead of like Pele and Maradona at a show, right? Just, and, the, Brian, and this is just one man's point of view, right? So. No, I, I understand. But Brian, for example, you said Cristiano Ronaldo. When you say yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, what cards are you talking about? Uh, the rookie cards, the, the prism yeah. stuff? Uh, rookie cards. Um, even pre-modern will do pretty well as well. Uh, but yeah, if you can hit the rookie cards, have the ultra-modern, have some autos in there as well. Um, depending on what type of customer base you're trying to find, you'll still do very well if you have those type of players. Okay. No, that, that's interesting for sure. Um, and I think it's great for me and for people that can, can go to, to shows know uh, what I, I guess I guess we fair we are aware more or less th those are the four or five guys that are trading very well but it's still interesting to to know a perspective yeah. from from someone that is actually trading almost weekly at this point I mean every time I, I see your Instagram you are at the different a new show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I, it's a good point because one of my good friends will he, wasabi trading he talks to you a lot one of his first to two times going to shows, he's bringing in at Thomas Muller rookie stickers, right? That's not necessarily liquid. It's a very specific buyer. Um, it's not, people are not as well versed in the card shows, right? Like it, yeah. it takes a little bit more time. Um, so understanding that switch of like what's liquid's not liquid, it's probably the biggest challenge um, that I had to deal with. And once you figure that switch out, it's like, it's just quick light work, you know? 
No, for sure. I mean, yeah. The, the Thomas Muller example is a great one. Maybe it's a better car to sell on eBay than actually on yes, a, the eBay car, yeah. On a, on a show. So uh, the question number four, um, I believe, uh, is an interesting one to, to, to know your perspective. I said you are a big content creator uh, on the space. And what content you like to watch the most and what content you feel there is an opportunity right now on the market. Um, you said that, that you like... Uh, um, uh, Uh, tell, uh, storytelling, storytelling yeah and uh, that basically you you just want more content no 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 matter what you, you feel that and i agree with you actually i, I think uh, some people try to to give to, to put some certain great creators in one direction i think just make content first and then you may find your uh, your pet on this youtube world and um, i i agree with you but um, What do you mean with, with the storytelling? I mean, I, I assume I know what you mean, but I would love to. Yeah. Still, uh... Yeah, I'll elaborate a little bit more. So what's been one of my biggest like joys in the hobby has been just hearing the story either about a card or how someone acquires a card. You know, one of the best stories I love about, let's just say, one of the, a card is like the 2014 Immaculate Ronaldo. Like my friends kind of like make fun of me a lot about it because I, I talk about the story all the time. It's like, Panini was trying to test high-end soccer. So they put Christian Ronaldo 2014 Panini Immaculate in a basketball set. Like how crazy is that? That's super cool to me. Uh, I, did like not, when... I, I did not know that actually. Yes. Yeah. So like, that's like a cool story. I think um, people should hear about, or at least it's, it's attractive to me. Um, and then the other part is acquiring a card. Like how um, it's not about what type of card it is, just how you got there and how you're feeling that day. What was going on in your life that day is so intriguing. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, um, I'll use James, you know, James is probably the most uh, biggest one, uh, you know, that day at the Houston Cards show, he was doing nothing, right? He was doing nothing. And I thought he kind of just was wasting his time out here because <laughs> he just flew out from Florida um, and then just took one deal, right, to spin the wheels. And everything had to happen perfectly for him to get that gold Neymar without really overpaying because what are the chances of this guy that had the gold Neymar is also heavy deep into pre-modern that never happens at a show right yeah and seeing seeing that all accumulate was so much fun to talk about show people that this is what it's all about in the hobby just trying to get that process down try you find find finding that those uh cards and or like you know like i bought a messy kaboom raw once right at a show And I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why would it, no one slab this 2017 messy kaboom? Um, and then getting it slabbed and getting a 10 was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, that's the stories I love just because um, I think that's just has more, I don't know, interest to me, right? Uh, no, for sure. Maybe, maybe, I, know, I know what the hobby wants to have creating wise. They want to see more investment um, shows, right? Like it, I get that. But at the end of the day, that's not really who I am. Like I, it's kind of hard for me to like give out players because you know at the end of the day I'm I'm moving cards so fast that it's not really doable for a lot of people if that makes sense. No, I I agree with you. Um, no, yeah, it's it's very interesting to to know your perspective on this. I I also feel that uh, we still need more content creators. There is so 100%. many so many things to to talk about on the soccer card market that. Uh, Again, we need more vintage content creators, more pre-modern, more ultra-modern even. Uh, more, more people like you go, going at shows representing the soccer card market Everything, almost. Man. So yep. yeah, I, I agree I, with I, you. I, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm getting really excited because I love talking about content creating. It's like, I think there should be more, like regardless of what it is, good, bad, um, controversial, whatever it is, there needs to be more in soccer because it's not good. That, listen, I love that we know all each other, but it's not good that we know all each other. Like we yeah. should have a point where it's like, we aren't able to know everybody that's creating content. And that's good yeah. for the hobby because you get more eyeballs in it, right? Even like trying to get someone that's like, that's into FIFA ultimate team, like doing more of that stuff. That's, that's what it's all about. No, if you yeah. want to grow the hobby, right? So that that's very interesting. Um, actually can, can share something quite funny with you. Um, yeah. Uh, in Brazil, Brazil at, the, at this point is actually, I will not say exploding uh, for the soccer card market, but it's getting very aware. The, oh, okay. the, the, the two most popular big streamers on Twitch, are you aware of Twitch? Um, yep. Uh, they, they are talking about soccer cards almost uh, every day. They, they actually joined soccer breaks uh, and... Um, 
I mean, I'm talking about the two biggest streamers on, on Brazil. I, I know again, things take time. There is education, but uh, yeah, this this is um, this is very interesting to see. Um, and even I believe is Castro, the the FIFA streamer. Yes, Castro's um, in it too. Yeah, sometimes he opens stuff on um, on stream. So again, goes back to to what I was saying to you a couple of minutes ago. The potential on soccer is different than uh, than any other sport because hundred um, percent. The international appeal is honestly crazy, and I actually want to make a video about this one day about the international appeal and about FIFA because people don't talk about this. But I played again. I still play FIFA um, until this day, and I, I I play Ultimate Team quite quite a lot, and uh, I spend so much money on that. And uh, <laughs> I, I believe if people are. By the way, but I spend money on that because I'm them, because I already know there is cards out there, but I still put money on the game. But I believe a lot of people are not like me if they know there is uh, actually real cards that can hold value and at the end of the season, they, they don't go to zero. I think there is a potential on there on on, um, on FIFA streamers and, and stuff like that. And I hope fanatics, uh, PSA, they start doing some type of, I would say, marketing almost, uh, um, around that because there is a lot of potential honestly yeah i i wholeheartedly agree it's um I, i'm sure you could attest to this the like there's a lot of people that do streaming a lot of big time people do collecting they just kind of keep it on the down low right now um so that's that's the probably most exciting part knowing that in the later years like soccer international domestic is it has to it's gonna blow up i mean it's just so exciting the sport here in america is still growing like really fast like there's there's still a lot of excitement behind the u.s men's national team like people are watching that stuff you know playing against yeah. costa rica of all teams right no disrespect to costa rica but like who was watching a Concacaf qualifier you know what i mean so and people were upset when usa lost you know <laughs> but we got into uh the qualifiers right so it's like it's a it's a different culture right now it's like a lot of exciting things it's like um it's just good good potential that like you keep saying about yeah no for sure again uh, if you compare the market that we have right now versus two years ago three years ago four years ago i believe it's night and day honestly i mean i, I see more people um getting i would say smart getting educated um and and i think we should uh, have big hopes because um again i i know the, the market now is down but to be fair we are living in, in a very weird time there is so <laughs> many bit. so many things going on right now in the world but i believe for me this is this is a question uh, when not if uh, but when uh, the market starts going go, going up again when you when you see a trend the bullish trend i think soccer is very well positioned right now to um, to make almost a strong comeback, which is weird because we are still up if you we compare with two, two years ago, for, for example. But yeah, I'm very optimistic about the future of the soccer card market, as everyone should expect, I would say, at this point. So yeah, um, let's move on to, to the final question. Um, I, uh, I said, PSA defines soccer as an emergent market and end up asking you what is the other emergent market that, that, you, that, that you, you see at the, at the floor competing with, with soccer um, and you end up saying F1. And I think that's the easy answer to, to, to be honest and the correct answer most likely. But then you end up, you end up uh, talking about um, music uh, cards, uh, non-sports cards, well, let's put that way, maybe celebrities, uh, am I correct? Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, share share share, share your, your thoughts on that, please. I'll be honest with you. I just threw that out there because <laughs> I was like, I think F1 and I maybe let me go deeper into F1 because I don't really collect F1. Um, I'm starting to collect vintage F1 now. I don't um, collect F1 at all. Okay, so. so I think this is actually interesting for you and your viewers. And I've been low key about this little for for a bit. Um, mind you, I've only put like five hours of like like deep night, just adventures <laughs> into eBay, okay? Um, but I think the vintage F1 market is interesting because there's a lot of overlapping sets that includes Pele, Maradona, um, and big time drivers back in the old age, 1950s. Okay. Um, and like, I was actually looking into how, I, I collected Crack Colosso, Tarjatan, um, or Tarhatan, uh, Pele, 
And like, I'm trying to, I was actually looking for the checklist and everything like that. And I realized one of the F1 drivers, that's a legend, um, Juan Faggio, I think his name is, or Fangio. No, I don't um, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but, but he's an Argentinian guy, um, one of the best drivers out there. And I realized, wow, he's actually in, in a lot of these soccer sets that I collect. Uh, and that was really what, what made me kind of say, oh, wow, this is actually, I see the major overlap that's going on with F1 and soccer. Um, and that's why I, that was like the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know much about the modern, ultra modern. I just mm -hmm. know that the ultra modern stuff is very expensive out of my league. Um, but if someone like, you know, your audience is curious at how they could see how they get intertwine, I think vintage F1 is very, very interesting, especially how all the checklists is kind of like, kind of like the same sets and everything. And if you've been doing vintage, you kind of have an idea of the sets, which gives you a competitive advantage. Okay. No, that, that, that's interesting. Uh, again, I'm very focused on, on the soccer card market and uh, I personally don't like F1. Uh, I don't get the appeal. Oh, but... shots fired. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> again, I, I just don't, don't see the appeal on, on the sport, but I, I respect if uh, other people like, uh, like the sport. It's just not for me, basically. And uh, I actually ended up talking about this in my last video that... Uh, Look, if you are entering the F1 market, uh, for me, the danger is people that are trying to, to ride the next new wave. So they, 100%, yeah. Uh, one year ago, they end up uh, trying to, to make money in soccer. Right now, they are going We've seen to... this. Yeah, we've seen this before, Prism. Remember those exactly. days? Exactly. Right now, they are, they are trying to go to F1. Then they will, they will try to go to Marvel. Then they will try to go to WWE. Yep. And the, the problem with that is uh, at one point in time, things will not work for you. I honestly believe in this. Of if course. you keep riding waves and there is, there is a lot of people that are very good with this, which I'm very surprised because I'm not able to do uh, stuff like that. But I personally believe that value investing tends to be the best way to, to approach the market, get very good at one market. Again, not trying to, to push my channel or something, but yeah, I got a lot of praise for my knowledge on the pre-modern market. But people need to understand, I spent hours and hours and hours, four years on, on, on the pre-modern market. If I was one guy trying to, to ride a wave, I will be empty in the end about, um, about my education on certain, uh, basically on the collectible market. Um, and uh, there will be a smart entity on the comments that will say that I also collect uh, Pokemon, uh, Star Wars, etc. And that's true, but that's 10% of uh, what I'm doing on the collectible space. And I actually hate when people tend to tend to, to tell you should collect this or that. I don't like mm -hmm. it. I think you should yeah. collect what you, yeah. what you enjoy. But uh, again, in the end, my channel, I tend to talk about the financial side of the market. And if I can provide one advice, no financial advice, of course, is that uh, <laughs> again, you it's, should, it's a tough, <laughs> yeah, but you should stay focused. You should learn, you, sh you should become an expert in, in, in one area. If you keep jumping from sport to another sport, even if he's working for you right now, I don't think that that will be a, stra um, a strategy that will work in the long run. Again, just my small advice, if if I can uh, drop, yeah. drop on the video. Yeah, so, yeah, to add on, I want to add on that because um, we've seen this before, especially if people that have been in the market, for, like soccer card hobby for like two or three years, you've seen it where the craziness of Prism, right base prism selling for two three thousand dollars like that's one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen um but there's also still opportunities if you still approach it right right so like during that whole entire time with prism base one of my good friends uh his name's brad you know got killed on on base prism <laughs> crushed all right um but he started realizing okay well there's other ways of having opportunities like vintage um and vintage at the time if you're buying that stuff it's like you really don't even risk anything if you're trying to look at it from an investing standpoint. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm starting to see with other sports. But knowing the sets, right, knowing what is actually rare and not really rare is very important as well. Um, because, you know, at some point, like, I don't know if you know vintage very well, Andre, but like, you know, the sweet, the, the cadets, the cigarette um, cards are not that rare. You know, in, in the oh, grand yeah. scheme of vintage, right? But when you look in Argentinian uh, or Brazilian, South American stuff, that stuff is like really hard to find. But you have to always be also be careful. It's like all in nuance. Um, so that's something that it's, it's surprise. Like for me, it's like surprising because like at, back then you would think all vintage is super rare. Um, but there's always an opportunity. That's pretty much what I'm trying to get at. No, you are you are correct on that. You know, vintage is is my second favorite. Uh 
area of the hobby. I collect pre-modern and vintage, basically. And I, I agree with you. Um, look, not that long time ago, I saw content creators saying that 2018 uh, Mbappé Panini sticker is a rare sticker. Look, if anyone, <laughs> I, pro I probably said something like that too, man, because we had no idea. No. Bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not talk I'm not talking about. <laughs> no, you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like <laughs> people that just came into the hobby, we had no idea. Like we knew stickers had big supply. We just didn't know how big a supply it was, right? No, no, for sure. But to to be fair, that, that's a very, a very, a very easy thing to know. If you do a research, yeah. if you try to, you, you can actually find numbers for uh, for those stickers, or at least approximate numbers for for those stickers. And this is a type of thing that if you are a content creator, I think that's a type of research you should do. Um, I don't like when people say you can't go wrong with this because you can go wrong with with everything. Oh yeah, I mean, anything. <laughs> yes, yes. Think about this: a government can, can fail, so of course a card can can, can also give you a, a bad return if, if that makes sense. So yeah, that, that's quite uh, quite interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for for sharing. Um, basically all, all the perspectives you, you end up sharing with, with me actually i have an extra question for you since uh, oh bonus bonus to, time. <laughs> to go a little bit longer um what is the thing that and to be fair i, I actually ask this question to to most of, of my ah, i thought i felt special on you come on man no <laughs> but 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 you can make the answer special since you, okay you, okay right you, right you have a different perspective than than others what is the, the thing that scares you the most on the soccer card market? Because look, this conversation was, we believe in the soccer card market, there is the international effect, but what is the one thing that scares you that, okay, all of those things are great, but if this one fails, we, we could be in trouble. Oh, this, man. this is just for fun, of course. There is. Yeah, I, I mean, this might hurt some people. Um, stickers, man, you know? Because like, of fakes. Fakes. Um, supply, like I said, we just talked about this, how some people thought the 2018 Panini World Cup stickers of Mbappe were rare. Though I feel like those are the things that really scare me. Um, unfortunately, I respect the culture, the history behind it, but unless there's something that changes either like parallels or just figuring out how to not have fakes. Um, cause I, you know, it's, I, you know, these are all just accusations, right? Just accusations. There's certain stickers out there that are having pop counts jump at a higher gem mint uh, rate all yeah. of a sudden, right? You know, these are stickers that were already pretty much mature, right? No, for, for sure, I mean, I, right. I, I agree. <laughs> the, the, that's the, the, the biggest the, thing. The thing that scares me the most, and my views already know this, is, uh, is the amount of fakes uh, in the market, for, especially for, for stickers. But even cars yeah. are not that safe. Uh, uh, but right now- Of course, yeah, I agree with that. But right now, stickers, uh, yeah, that is, is quite pro pro problematic. The the Cristiano Ronaldo was the first one. Um, but to be fair, I mean, BGS was just awful dealing with that. I mean, I'll, I'll, oh, they, they end up grading 100 stickers in two or three months, and, and they thought that was normal. <laughs> I mean, come on, at one point in time, they, they really need to wake up uh, because what, what are you doing? I mean, they end up grading 100 stickers all of a sudden, and they don't even question everything. I actually tried to contact them at the time. I called them at the time, but basically was just... Yep. So talking to to a wall was was the same thing. It's like, who are you, soccer <laughs> study? <laughs> no, but I I really try. And right it's now, tough, the, yeah. Right now, the the ST sticker is also facing a lot of accusations. Let's say, it's tough. and um, most people don't even know how, how to tell the difference between a fake and the and the real one. I actually not try again to to push my, my ego on this, but I believe I'm one of the the few people in this hobby that knows the difference between a real one and and a fake, because there is actually I actually don't know. I actually don't know to be honest with you. I actually ended up sharing this on my Patreon, but I, I will share it again. There is oh. two two versions for for the ST sticker. One version without the 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 rosette pattern, which is the the pixelation, the, the typical pixelation for for Panini stickers, and the other the other one is a dark is, is a more dark version without pixelation normally without pixelation people say that's fake actually it's not fake it's actually the most popular version for the st seeker so there is two versions the dark one and one a little bit more clear with pixelation the problem with that the the guys trying to make the scam they end up making a huge mistake they end up putting pixelation on the dark one 
Ixi. So automatic makes three versions. And I was not aware of three versions for so many years. And by the way, there will be people on the comments that will debate me. There is a third version. They are wrong, but it is what it is. So, um, but yeah, what I end up sharing with you, not again, not trying to shots fire. I doubt those grading companies are aware, honestly. I really doubt. No. Well, I, I will say this. This is the craziest, this is the craziest part, right? The essay sticker when I was growing in the hobby was that the, the conversation was that was the rarest thing out of his rookies. Brian, you, you, Brian, you, you are correct. Yeah, but this is this is what people are telling me. And then all of a sudden you're starting to see the pop count people gemming these things out of nowhere. Then you're just like, okay, what do you believe? Right. Cause I'm telling I mean, these guys, like you guys are have been in the hobby for so long, so long. So like if that that happens, that's that's very scary, right? So that's um that's on the grading companies. Uh and it's it's tough to see. That's why that's that's why stickers is not something that I'm as excited about. Um, and I know that hurts a little bit because that's that's culturally something that's important. In your Brian, and another thing that, that is actually quite interesting, the, the Cristiano Ronaldo have, have two, two rookies, the sticker and, and the card, right? Yep. The, the sticker is more rare than, than, than the card. I have no doubt about this. Crazy. But right now, maybe the pop is not showing that. I, I'm not sure how much is the pop. I have no idea yes. either, but, but it used to be like that, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. No, the, the, the sticker is more difficult to find. I, I, I live in Portugal. I mean, I, I actually, <laughs> yeah. by the way, I opened that sticker when, when I, I was a kid. So I've been dealing with that, with that sticker for 20 years. That right. sticker is more rare than the card. I can, I can still find, uh, I would not say easy, but I can still find the card in Portugal. The sticker is very tricky, honestly. Um, not saying it's impossible, of course, because like you said, the production is not as small as some people tend to think actually, but uh, the sticker is actually more rare. Same logic with, with the SA sticker. I'm, I'm, I, I, I tend to try to track the eBay Spain all the time, uh, websites in Spain, and I saw seven on bees all the time. I saw the campions. Campions are, yeah. are probably the most common ones. Mundi Chrome, the other Mundi Chrome, the SA sticker, by far the most difficult uh, one to find. Because stickers, they, they have this auto destruction almost. They go into the album and that's it, it's over. Um, but yeah, makes this makes me really sad because I, I'm a big fan of the Cristiano Ronaldo sticker and the exactly. ST sticker. Those are exactly. two of my favorite stickers in the hobby. And the, this should put fear in, in a lot of people. I mean, I know I was being very positive a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, we got we got all dark all of a sudden, <laughs> man. <laughs> But but I think it's important to because yeah, yeah. maybe there is some guy from PSA watching this and he, he may he may can can tell this to to the graders or something. But for example, the Ronaldinho one could be the next one. The the Ronaldo football could be the next one because if they make the Messi sticker, if they make the Cristiano Ronaldo sticker, the Ronaldinho is actually very similar to the Cristiano Ronaldo. So why not making that? Uh, I'm I'm not giving ideas by the way, but why not? <laughs> So, they already thought about this, by the way, Andre. So. <laughs> Again, you know, but, but yeah, that, that scares me quite, quite a lot. Uh, I have sure. to be honest. And, and this is the only look, I think soccer is great. Uh, the soccer card market fundamentals are very strong. I think we have rarity in vintage. We have condition rarity in pre-modern. We have very nice product in, in ultra-modern. Uh, we are an international sport. Uh, I mean, there's so many things to like about the soccer card market. But when it comes to fakes, I believe grading companies, they need to be very, very savvy, if that makes sense right now. Um, and by the way, th th there will be a smart end on a comment saying that Michael Jordan, there is a lot of fakes. But those guys are them for, for, for one reason. Look, the Michael Jordan pop, um, I believe is 20K or, or, or something like that. And uh, I, I saw rumors that there is 6% of them are fakes in the market. That's bad, of course. But when, but now think about the Cristiano Ronaldo sticker. The pop for that sticker was 100. 300? Yeah, right, 100, 300. <laughs> right now is 200. For, I'm putting random numbers, but it's close to that on, on back. 50%. So yeah. if, you, if you deal with the BGS level, 50% of the time you are dealing with a fake one is very different than dealing with 6%, 5% on, on the Michael Jordan one. So people need to understand this is actually quite scary since soccer have, uh, I would not say true rarity, but it's quite more scarce, um, not scarce, quite more rare than, uh, than um, for example, that Jordan card. Comparatively, yeah. So yeah, that, that's I, I agree and, and scares me also quite a lot. 
So yeah, Brian, uh, any final thoughts? <laughs> we end up going a little bit dark. At all. Yeah, we got we got off the rails, but no, I I, I still believe in you know the song card market. Obviously, I mean, regardless, it's still gonna have that potential. It's gonna have that boom like we we're all expecting. Um, hey, Andre, thank you so much for having me on. No. For real, like when I ever talk to you, man. Um, I always I learn. I mean, we only talked like two or three times, but like we we've <laughs> I've learned a lot uh, just from like your experience and a lot of people that collect before all this that happened, I give massive respect because you guys have the true ins and outs of like how collecting should be, or I have a good idea what collecting is. Um, so I really love that and keep doing what you do with your uh, channel. No, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, it was a pleasure to, to have you um, on this uh, on this podcast. I'm just starting with the podcast and, and having you for me means a lot. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, and uh, do you have any final words or, or, or can I close the I'll show? Get, you can, you can, you can pause the show. Okay. Uh, guys. 